spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascent Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Send Podcast, we're joined by Andy Thomas and this one was recorded from our time down in London and Andy is one of the world's leading researchers into unexplained mysteries and he's the author of many interesting books and he runs the website Truth Agenda. In this podcast, we have a general conversation around the topic of conspiracies. We all love a conspiracy, as you know. And in my life, conspiracies have played a huge part in who I've become. And yes, when we do look around, there are many crazy conspiracies out there. But amongst those crazy ones, there's always one that can just make you stop for a second, stop in your tracks and think, wow, there's definitely something to that. Then you start digging and digging and doing more and more research and bam, the earth is flat. <laughs> it's definitely flat. One million percent. And the world is definitely run by lizard overlords. <laughs> Don't worry, we've all been there. And I'm not saying the world is not run by lizard overlords either. Because <laughs> over the last few years, when I've been looking around at certain leaders and puppets that are in place of power and the leaders that are running certain countries... They definitely don't seem human to me. (laughs) But anyway, when you start digging and digging and doing more research on certain conspiracies, there is always one bit of alternative information that just makes you pause and think twice. And a lot of the time as well, when we find a certain conspiracy, a lot of the time you can actually find it leads you down another interesting path. And in my opinion, it's these different paths and different rabbit holes that actually inform you and open up your mind to different models of reality, different ways to view the world, and different alternative ways of living. So anyway, in this podcast, we talk about and ask the question, why do conspiracy theories still attract so much interest, despite being routinely condemned by the mainstream media as fake news? Why do people really believe in conspiracies, and why is academic side of things using the word conspiracy is a blanket of dismissal we talk about the term conspiracy theory open-mindedness critical thinking imagination conspiracies versus entertainment disagreements in society net neutrality human technological evolution this was a really great conversation i just wanted to also say as well thank you so much to all our current patrons it really does mean a lot to me and chris that you're supporting this thing And I just wanted to say as well, thanks so much to our last two patrons, our newest patrons, Kristen and Sophie. It really means a lot. Thank you so much for supporting what we're doing here. And if you also want to support the podcast, the best way you can do this is for our Patreon page, which is basically a crowdfunding platform where you can choose to support whatever amount you can and help the podcast grow. Even if we can just get enough to pay for our train tickets when me and Chris are traveling around to record these conversations, that would be so cool. And as you know, we've never bombarded you with shitty products that don't serve you, like everyone else is doing. Men's underwear, mattresses, things like that. <laughs> but anyway, if you want to support the podcast, all you need to do is go to our Patreon page, 
and you can do that by going to www.patreon.com slash ascend or alternatively click the link in the description of this podcast and it really would mean the world to us. So anyway, we love you all and enjoy this episode with Andy Thomas. Enjoy. first come across your work obviously you're talking about um many different topics many different conspiracies and things like that which are all fascinating and we've we obviously talk about many different conspiracies as well in this podcast but your late one of your latest books where you actually dive around the topic of conspiracies themselves and you actually analyze and what's actually going on in the mind of people who are interested in conspiracies how powerful it can be in people's lives and things like that but just before we go there as well is it actually true as well so this was a question i wanted to ask you is it true that also um in terms of the the word conspiracy, was that actually created by was it the CIA to actually to debunk um, alternative information? I mean, you know, the word conspiracy is just a word, yeah, and the word theory is just a word, yeah. Mm. And I, I think what's been clever is that over the years is that the words conspiracy theorist have come together and used, to, uh, you know, as a term of abuse. Mm. Which, of course, is not fair because there's plenty of conspiracies and history shows that. And there's lots of theories you need to make to try to explain them. So it's always seemed to me to be very highly reasonable to be a conspiracy theorist. But it's kind of been stuck out there in the public consciousness that it's it's a bad thing, that it's yeah. a ind- indicative of somebody being stupid, not thinking things through. But if you just look at it, well... It's a perfectly reasonable thing to be, yeah. uh, and yeah, yeah. That that's uh, whether the CIA began it or whatever. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But certainly, we know in more recent years, people like uh, Obama has hired people like Cass Sunstein to try to find ways to combat yeah. conspiracy theorists and all of this in a way that they see as what was it cognitive infiltration you know as they call it it's even the word in general as well the term conspiracy what i've realized in my life is that if you are having having alternative conversations just like we are now and um people will will quickly easy just harness that word and they'll just they'll just use it as a like a sort of a a unconscious sort of mechanism that's been in my opinion has been sort of being put on by the media and things like that to discredit people that's what i feel like mm. you'll just harness this word and like if you haven't having a deep conversation with someone you could someone could turn around and say oh conspiracy theorist and it's some sort of like fake mechanism that's just that people can that people hold on to or grasp on to just to debunk someone i mean you, have you found that in your life of people will just instantly instantaneously without doing the due diligence on your research just turn around and say ah conspiracy theorist and i'm not listening Mm. Uh, yes, of course, that's true. But I don't care anymore. That's yeah, the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I've had some disagreements with people in the conspiracy world because some say you shouldn't allow yourself to be called that because that's how they debunk you. Yeah. But I kind of take the other view, which is if you look back in history, uh, the Quaker movement, right, which was originally called the Religious Society of Friends and it was founded in the 1600s, the word Quaker was a term of abuse. Mm. It was a criticism because they were all like quaking in the sight of God. Oh, look at them. Uh, And they cleverly turned it around and thought, all right, well, hey, we're Quakers. We'll call ourselves Quakers. And now that's what they're called. And now it's not a term of abuse. So by absorbing something and just saying, well, yeah, and 
funnily enough, you can disarm that. And I think that's what this... this the debate about should you be a conspiracy theorist or not is neither here nor there. If that's what you are technically, well, why not be it? Yeah. Well, stop worrying about it. I, th- I think deep and down, like we all have a different, like um, a question on what we're being told, which is basically what they're actually analysing when they're saying, "Oh yeah, they're a conspiracy theorists. They definitely don't believe in like the truth what they're being given." So they kind of like falsify on like straight away on who you are as a person by by claiming you're like a non-believer in a truth and you're looking for like an alternative but if you actually look at the research now more and more people now believe in in uh, conspiracies than ever before so why is that like big boom all of a sudden in the conspiracies or do you think it's always been there uh, I think there's always been a belief in conspiracies. I mean, if you go back to, say, the Roman Empire, conspiracy theories are rife. Mm. Uh, you look at what the people believed, and we know because they wrote a lot of this down, and it's obvious most people never trusted the authorities. They didn't believe anything that was said by the authorities. They might lazily go along with it, but that's not the same thing. And it's still true today. Mm. I mean, I'm lucky because, I mean, I give a lot of lectures, not just to the truth seeker community but also to just everyday folk so we get to see what the responses are and although people on the whole might seem to go with the mainstream they they do have their own minds Mm. and very quickly you'll realize actually at heart the majority of us are conspiracy theorists Mm. and that's why for that term to even be uh, an abusive term doesn't make any sense you look at what most people believe about say princess diana or dr Mm. david kelly you, you will not find the majority of people believing the official stories. So yeah. there you go. It doesn't take much to take people into that realm. Mm-hmm. We have never collectively, as a people in this country especially, but I would suggest most other countries, gone along with what the authorities want. Yeah. We, mm. we never have believed in them. There's always distrust, which is sad. So, But I don't think that much has changed over the years. Yeah, yeah but I really go, don't. Go on, go on, go on, go I was go just going to say about the lack of honesty that we're actually being given. I mean what we're actually we're uncovering like us ourselves on this podcast we've always been uncovering truth and and this is why we want to get you on because we want um suppose like, the truth yes suppose <laughs> the truth or even fake news, yeah, what is news not, i mean i mean in terms of what is truth really <laughs> yeah but like that's a big question like, what is truth really but like when we're getting like well that's what we're searching for isn't it truth i mean we're getting like all these different aspects of truth i mean how do we how can we truly understand like where this truth is and where it truth really comes from that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'll go ahead. Well, I mean, I think the word truth obviously can be subjective. To me, if I believe in something, I need some evidence. <clears throat> I need some reasonable balance in the middle of evidence, <clears throat> excuse me, and circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to have some circumstantial evidence. The problem you get is some people take that and they build upon that and they don't, don't look at the actual evidence. You need a balance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a gut feeling that you can pick up through circumstantial evidence that will lead you to a truth. But you do also need some kind of sensible backup. And if you take something like, say, 9-11, you know, when I wrote my book, The Truth Agenda, that that phrase it refers to a process really the truth agenda is to stack stuff up yeah. what mm-hmm. makes sense what doesn't make sense and if the things that don't make sense go above a certain level you can reasonably show therefore there is something that is not right and mm-hmm. then you can usually match that with enough evidence to show that the official story of something is simply not true i think that's mm-hmm. the balance in, in society as well which 
I mean, I would love to see your thoughts on this, how you actually, how someone can actually do this, because I think the balance for me is in a world that we're living in now, we're indoctrinated with so much information all the time, from even when you have a look at a conspiracy, there's so much information on just one conspiracy, on one, one conspiracy, but how do you, does someone actually maintain a balance of being sceptical and being open-minded at the same time? I mean, how, how do you think someone could sort of approach that to go a little bit deeper? I think you should always be open-minded. That doesn't mean that you just automatically believe anything. Mm. Uh, I think you you need some reason to believe something. Mm. I think the problem I have at the moment is that a lot of stuff gets passed around social media where somebody is immediately leapt to an assumption uh, because they don't trust authority based on maybe previous things and reasonably enough they don't trust it. But they then will put out an alternative view that isn't actually based on evidence. That goes around social media quick fire mm. and before you know it other people have quoted it whereas the problem is nobody ever looked at the actual original evidence yeah. mm. that's a danger because that's used to discredit the things for which there is sensitive in there as well did you actually see that um it was on facebook someone did a, a big popular facebook page did a test on this i can't remember who it was it might have been i love um effing science something like that it was one of them anyway but what they did is they did a study that was completely <coughs> false news and it was in and then thousands and thousands of people shared it and then it was a it was a two days two days later they put the post out saying that it was completely false and they did it as a test to see how many people would actually go and have a look at it. So I thought that was a really interesting oh, wow. uh, angle. To, that that highlighted to me how many people what you just said, how many people actually just do see something that looks cool and they'll just share it without actually reading the article and going through all the research and stuff like that. So that's, it was just it was very interesting. It showed the the psychology of human beings how we just easily can be sort of manipulated in many different ways. Even though if we feel like we're doing the right thing, we can still be manipulated. Yes. Mm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> there is a belief that there are fake stories. Yeah actually being put out there by the authorities which I'm sure that they do because if they can put something out which is essentially ridiculous but they know it'll get passed around very quickly they can then target the people that sent that round and say, well, that's how undiscerning they are. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that's the straw man theory. You can then bring down the reputation of the whole truth-seeking world by showing that they have put false news around, and mm-hmm. that's the problem. So I think we're encouraged to not think sometimes. We're encouraged to spread things mm-hmm. without really thinking it through. But the danger of doing that is you then fall prey to having your whole reputation destroyed as a result and I do think the conspiracy world needs to think a little bit more before it puts stuff out there and the trouble is news travels so fast now everybody's got to come up with an instant opinion you know one terror attack or whatever and you can guarantee within five minutes somebody's put out an alternative view on it which is all well and good but sometimes you need to stand back a bit and get more details before you do that and that gets used to destroy the reputation of things for which there's excellent evidence like things like 9-11 or the death of Dr. David Kelly or whatever it may be Um, and those are then to the lazy minded brought into disrepute by association and I think a lot of that goes on and we need to definitely be aware of that and try and be as discerning as possible before we put anything out Mm -hmm. but I recognise social media it works fast and that's it's not very conducive to that but we have to always bear that in mind it it is a danger we're we're living in a world now where where everyone has this instant access where one time in the the past where people couldn't just voice their opinion like you wouldn't be able to express your thoughts and your feelings if you were somebody who was just a normal person on the street but now the normal person can actually go on social media and express themselves in a completely different way that we've never ever seen before but mm. do you think that's a do you think that's a good thing or a, a bad thing that people can do that now have you ever thought about that 
I think it is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, certainly, like the internet and social media specifically has given people people a voice who didn't have a voice before. Mm. And I mean, that's not a bad thing. Except, therefore, of course, that that can be abused. And then you get people who are very destructive. They're, you know, some people are very public in what they want to do and you get the trolling and all of yeah. that. And that's an unfortunate side effect of it. But equally, I don't know that the solution is to then say, right, well, there won't be any free speech on social media. Yeah. But again, that's where you need an army of people discerning and being careful, not just going along with what one person says. But um, no, I, I think... The danger we're getting into at the moment is that we're judging other people's opinions too quickly. So I recognise in saying what I'm saying, I don't want to get into a position where I'm saying, well, you mustn't say that. You mustn't have that view because that's what people say to me. Yeah. (laughs) And I recognise that's not what I'm trying to do. But I do think we should try and strike a balance in the middle where Mm. if you're going to say, well, I think this... I really want to know what your reason for thinking that is. I don't want that just to be an opinion. It's like, okay, great. Why do you think that? Can you show me, you know, what the credibility of that is? And yeah. then great. Then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, I was actually reading once as well. It was um, I can't remember who. What, I was listening to another podcast. Um, who was it again? I think it was it Brian Cox. Even though I disagree with a lot of stuff that Brian Cox says, um, but he, he he was talking in terms of. He said that the sign of a healthy society is the fact that there is many disagreements between many multiple people. People, have you ever thought about that? Is that is that would would that say to you that a healthy society is that people are having disagreements amongst many different topics? Would you say that was a healthy healthy for society? Well, first of all, I'd say there's a real irony there because Brian Cox is one of the mm-hmm. first people to shout down anything that he yeah, considers yeah. alternative. He does. He, he definitely, you know, he definitely so. does. But that statement for me, I mean, I saw through all his through all that, and when he made that statement, it made us realise at the time when I heard it, and I was like, "Whoa!" He's like, "He's got got a point there," even though he might not might not uh, <laughs> hold that hold that. Well, it is a point, <laughs> but equally, <laughs> if you started to uh, ask him reasonable questions about astrology, we'll see how much he wants you mm. to talk your side of this stuff. You know, yeah. that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. No, yes, of course it's healthy to have disagreements if they're coming from sensible places. But what Mm. I think is a real danger to free speech at the moment is like the no platforming movement where anybody that disagrees with your viewpoint should not be heard. Well, you know, there are hate speech laws already to stop anything which crosses a line. That's already in place. If you're then going to say, actually, I don't want to hear anything because it disagrees with my view, that's very unhealthy. Uh, And I find it sad that 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 is bubbling up and people are then being encouraged to police each other, which is very Orwellian. I mean, you read 1984, the way that world policed itself was people policing each other, and especially young people uh, starting to screen out viewpoints that that they have not been brought up with. There's a lot of big um, pages now, I mean... I don't know if Facebook's doing it as much, but YouTube now is doing this, where they actually ban in certain channels now. So if they get, if they get enough certain people say they don't like this content or something like that, without even doing their due due diligence, they're going into YouTube and they're banning people's pages. I mean, it was it now again? Was it in someone in Congress in some country? I don't know if it's in the UK, but I think it was in America somewhere. They've passed the legislation now. Of, have you heard of net neutrality, where they can actually yes. control? Um, certain media platforms I mean if, what do you think about that do you it's obviously a bad thing but what do you think about uh, that I think it's very worrying and yeah. I think at the moment things are vanishing off of search engines mm. YouTube is basically penalising people by I mean they can be quite clever about it for instance there are some companies that put stuff out on YouTube they're legit but they make money from the advertising yeah. YouTube saying right we're not going to allow you to monetize this particularly like anything about hard conspiracy they're not being allowed to monetize them 
advertisers don't want to be seen on the same page as them and in the end it, it just becomes not possible to put that stuff out there the companies then can't afford to yeah. be spending the time distributing it uh, and that is a shame because there's so much that individuals can do to put stuff out there but I think we've had this kind of golden age of a, a lot of material being out there that is now being blocked or is yeah. uh, often by for commercial reasons yeah. or is yeah as you're saying effectively being uh, censored and removed oh, and I do think that's very worrying I th- and I, I mean, oh, what I hate on social media also is when you get a, a story now and because of all the fuss about fake news yeah. it'll say at the bottom you know verified by Snopes or some company like this that we're meant to believe they know all truth <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they can tell me whether I should believe in this or not I mean sometimes they might be right but I don't like that feeling it's like I'd like to be able to discern for myself there's a funny one not to go too deep down the rabbit hole as well but obviously um, Marcus is sitting over there he'll like this one the fact of um, NASA as well everyone the title of NASA everyone thinks oh well NASA said this so it's got to be right come on it's like there's loads of, I just love that because there's loads of different titles in society that we all I mean if you even think I was thinking about this other day we actually as people on this planet we play fictional stories like we ha- we, the whole foundation of life is on fictional stories so like money itself is a fictional story like we only believe that money is, a, is real because we value it in our minds and we're all through life we're constantly playing these like fictional patterns in our lives in, in ma- playing make believe games even though people don't like to see it and obviously that's going deep there deep. I don't want to really ah, go that's good that <laughs> do you here's a question as well I want to ask you before as well when you were talking about um, more in general conspiracies do you think it's important for people to sort of um separate truth from their own imagination or do you think it's important to have imagination within that topic as well does that mean does that make sense it comes down to the same point that you can believe what you want and that's good and right and you could put out whatever opinion you want but if there's no basis for it if it's just a belief based on your psychological decision that day to believe in it you are going to get shot down and you're yeah. going to bring down other stuff by association mm-hmm. um, no I, but anybody should have any opinion but I just personally I want to hear what is the evidence I mean, one of the problems we're dealing with right here today mm. is all the business with this uh, spy <coughs> who's oh, yeah. been poisoned and we're all being told yeah. it's Russia's doing it with nerve gas. Personally, as yet, I have seen no evidence at all that Russia did it. Mm-hmm. I've heard a report that they've done it and mass hysteria is being stirred up based on a report which may or may not be true. You don't believe I'd Boris like Johnson? I'd like to see some evidence. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's no evidence. But when we do that... Right, if we did that in the alternative world, mm. we'd get shot down in five minutes, five seconds. Yeah. But it's funny how the mainstream can go along with something. And when someone like Jeremy Corbyn, for you know whether you believe in him or not, says, "Well, shouldn't we actually, you know, find out what the evidence for this is?" Yeah. He's shot down in flames. Mm. <clears throat> but it's a strange thing. But that's why, sadly, right. I keep using that, the conspiracy world, truth-seeking world, whatever. We have to be even more squeaky clean because, you know, we're on an, an uneven level here with them. But we will get shot down immediately if we put something out that's even slightly questionable. So mm-hmm. it becomes us as much as possible to have really good sources and references for what we're saying if we're going to yeah. say something. I think that, you know, sorry to jump in, I think that level, though, that balance point is tipping now because, I mean... I know in the past even my even my parents they would they would instantaneously they would get all their news and media from uh, like the mainstream establishment who are like the news and things like that like the, the Daily Mail the Mirror whatever it is in the Fox News CNN whatever and I think I think we're slowly seeing a shift now in the world where more people aren't tune into that and they tune into something else so I think in the future that's going to keep extend uh, what's the word I can't see it Ex- what's the word Ex- 
accentuating, accentuating mm-hmm. constantly. And I think we're going to see more in the future where people are going to. I mean, hopefully that net neutrality doesn't come over and take over that. But I still think we're going to see this. We're seeing this emergence now where more people are actually looking at these. In the past, people who would, were seen as conspiracy theorists, they actually becoming a lot more credible than the news now. Like I don't go to, I don't go to the news now, and instant for me. It's actually the news is a conspiracy theory, and other guys th- aren't the conspiracy theorists. Mm. To me, that's the way I, th- I see it. I think it. you've got a good point there, Dan. Actually, and um, the, the, a lot of people are now searching like alternate alternative ways other than the television to look for their own um, news outlet and what they actually want to perce- want to be perceived. But I think as well, like these are, um, organizations which has vast amounts of sums of money. I mean, I know the internet's moving fast, but they have a like they'll still have a part to play yeah. and they'll still like think if this is getting ahead of them they'll either work their way into the system and they'll actually try and either divide it or try and get more and more people onto their side so that they will use that whatever means necessary to try and take back control from this new media what we've what actually we've got now so this what we've got now this platform this podcast this new media eventually they will understand well they probably already do understand the vastness of power that it already holds and they will work the way into it they must do they, they can't well, just they're trying, like, that's what they are trying now with net neutrality that's what net neutrality yeah. is they're trying to mm. clutching at straws now to try and stop movements like this banning YouTube they're yes. trying to bring these new legislations in place well, or they do it through commercial pressure like we talked about earlier on uh, I, I mean the mainstream media would love to put the genie back into the bottle alternative media as you say definitely some people are not going to BBC they're not going to ITN or any of that lot anymore Um, I mean there's two sides to that on one level that's good but on the other level it means that we're now seeing more and more focus being put on alternative media as purveyors of fake news they must be stopped but equally I mean within it I mean the only danger is we wind up in echo chambers Mm -hmm. where we only then get our news from sources from places that believes everything you believe already and then you're never exposed to the wider picture so that can also be a danger and I'm aware of that so yeah I always like to read the alternative media but I also like to know what MSN what Fox News what BBC is saying because you need to know what's out there Mm. and the only danger is people can get very cut off in their opinions and they're not not even aware necessarily uh, of what's being put out there in the mainstream so you need to keep an ear to both sides but I do think censorship's now a major issue and I think they're going to find more and more clever ways to try to crush alternative media and that's mm. why that can't be allowed to happen I think there's this like there's definitely this like liberal type of um, agenda which is flying through that air media right now and I don't know if that's like the way they want to play it but they want to use this like this, um, you're offending us type of mentality and they want to close all that down straight away if you think there is like a, a point where liberalism is starting to like close down like more like right wing beliefs or more like left wing beliefs and they want to just like end all that they want to just really like concentrate on just if you don't if you're offensive or anything any type of um any type of player like that then immediately you're just going to get cut down well what's happening at the moment is we're all being funneled into a very narrow band of thinking and anything that falls outside of that will not be considered acceptable it will be considered offensive to question anybody you know that's 
within that narrow band. That is a very, very dangerous point in history. Uh, and yeah, that, it's almost like, because it does two things. A, it creates fake world. It's not hearing out all the people that don't think like that. But on the other level, what it's doing is creating a, a kind of a society, very sensitive people that, oh, mustn't hear anything that criticizes yeah. the way I think. <laughs> and of course, in the end, we wind up very bland, very controlled, and we'll be a faceless bunch of robots at mm. the other end of it. Yeah. Uh, you have to be able to be challenged from time to time. Critical thinking depends on somebody being able to say to you, well, look, I don't agree, agree with that, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to take here's why. But we're getting into this thing where we're cushioning people so much that it's now, yes, yeah, considered offensive for them to even hear something yeah. that doesn't agree with them. This is a dangerous road, and if we don't get off of it soon, uh, we'll be in trouble. But I would say this. I think the majority of people don't think like that Mm -hmm. the majority of people think this progressive liberal whatever agenda you want to call it is being abused and it's the media it's the mainstream media that's pushing that agenda more than Mm -hmm. anyone you talk to people on the streets it's like god's sake get a life grow up everybody Mm -hmm. it's the media the mainstream media that's pushing that and again i think they're doing it to try to make anything that falls outside of that seem unacceptable and that's then part of their ruse to to shut down alternative media and indeed, alternative thinking in general. Yeah, that's why I think conspiracies in general, to me, have a play a very important role in society because a conspiracy in general, in all my life, it was, I mean, there's it's an entry level. That's what I like to say, conspiracy theory does. It, it, like you said that before, we need this open-minded thinking. We need this, instead of having this drone mentality where this is a way in and that's it, there's nothing else. What what conspiracies do? Well, I recognised it did in my life, and it's probably the same for you. It actually it it it's an entry level into many different topics. So for one, for me, my entry level was uh, UFOs. UFOs was an entry level for me, and um, and then from there it went on to ancient cultures in the past, and then from there it went all the way to health, and then it went from health to spirituality, consciousness back to health. But it's just like the what I see is that yeah. we need these we well, need these very con- each one of them yeah, of which like brings you into them so opens like, that analytical mind and mm-hmm. yeah, opens, opens your mind well I think that. also you, what happens is you realise you're not being told the truth in one little area and if you're not being told you the truth in that one little areas. area what else and <laughs> the same for me I mean I began really in this world looking at things like crop circles which get a hell of a bad press and even mm-hmm. people in the alternative world will say you're bonkers to even be interested in that but I don't care because for me what they did was open up a whole debate about everything and I realise hang on whatever you think whether you think we're all man made or not all man made yeah. the media's not telling the truth about them which they're not mm. and they still actively lie every year and you can prove what they're saying in the media about them is lies and you think well therefore so much other stuff this is how it began for me must be lies and I began to mm. meet people like Mark Salen who you're going to be speaking to yeah. later and realising well yeah you basically pick your topic we're not being told the truth and therefore we need to talk more loudly about all of these things and of course before you know it you start with investigating what seem fairly innocuous mysteries and you then get into the realm of cover up and then you're into the world of conspiracy theory and the blindingly obvious truth that we're just being presented with a world that's fake you know that word fake it's not the reality of the world we're living in people automatically presume that um, when you're in a conspiracy theory you're in like this dark negative world but really it can be an enlightening process really because it can actually bring about a new form of creative thinking in the mind and this form of creative thinking can really explore the world that you seek the world that's around you i mean you start looking into culture you start looking into history you start looking into the um, population you start looking at like what's around you currently and you think all this is stemmed from like the fact that i've been in um 
came in through a conspiracy and that's what's beautiful about it but right now like i said with this like liberal agenda we've got this all oh you want to go if you went down the conspiracy route you end up in this dark lonely path which is going to bring us a form of like self-destruction which is completely not the case whereas really conspiracies kind of like enlighten a person to the point of actually where they can really critically analyze things Mm -hmm. absolutely i think the danger is that what the media does is always focus on the extremists that's what they always do and yeah there are some people that have probably got too wrapped up in fear and darkness and worrying about the state of the world and they've then it's actually damaged them as people but yeah i agree with you that majority of people i've met who follow that line of thinking have been expanded by it they've actually been liberated by Mm. it and because it's almost like a recognition well actually of course this is the way things are it shouldn't be and it needs changing so but that of course you never hear that as you say the the way they do it is to promote that line of thinking as dangerous and ultimately destructive to an individual but the opposite would seem to me to be true yeah and I've also got no no, go ahead no no, 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 go ahead (laughs) All right. well I was just going to say well what got me into it I know you both said what you got using was um, GFK and um, just it just I came up with across a documentary. I was completely blind in me whole like illusion of like I believed everything what I was being told. Like everything I thought, I thought how can like don't, don't I know that <laughs> how can how can the government lie to us? How can my history books lie to us? How can my teachers ever lie to us? And everything I believed was right true. And then I just came across this documentary on on GFK and it really awoke in who I was. And and like I wouldn't probably be here without without that whole conspiracy like waking us up. Here's an interesting question from that as well. Do you I mean do you think it's important people who are open minded and um are more analytical with thinking now and are more sort of have a more open minded around different alternative ways of thinking. Do you think it's actually it's it's important for people like us to be more sort of um what's the word? More sort of um lenient, lenient towards more mindful of a of a new person who is trying to become a new person who is not open. Does that make Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think it's really crucial that anybody in the the alternative world can reach out to the people who aren't yet in there because mm. I think what's happened is that we've got very used to calling the outsider sheeple or sheep. That's really not fair. Some people just haven't yet been exposed to seeing life the other way around. Yeah. You always need to be compassionate to the fact that many people have only been fed certain things they've never even had the opportunity to hear another side Mm -hmm. what i find when i speak for mainstream groups and give lectures is how quickly people will wake up and go god i never knew that well that changes everything (laughs) people are not as dumb as perhaps we fear they are and i think we should always be compassionate to it and also not therefore just preach to the choir and I mean I always try in my books and in my lectures to be as accessible as possible because some people if you hit them with too much too soon it's too much and they shut down you need to give them a little bit and not say you must believe this but offer look here's an alternative truth you might just want to consider and here's the reason why I believe this and they'll often get drawn in themselves and we do need to be sensitive to that that. I find that um, sometimes a a question itself can work like a question if if someone's very close-minded you can just ask a very clever question. I mean, I used to, I like sometimes seeing um, like Zen, uh, famous Zen philosophies and things like that. You know, like the way they they, they have the words and it uh, turns back on like, itself. Like if the tree falls and if no one's there yeah, to hear it, doesn't make a sound. It's like little like cleverly uh, words like that that can actually turn it people turn to people's minds with, on themselves. That's good. That. I mean, there was a guy who there was a, this guy who asked you a question a while ago. What was the question he asked you again about um, 
what are you what are you it was a simple question like what are you do, what are you doing oh yeah yeah oh, having, a catch up, again? having a catch up with my friend and um, he was going through some troubles in his life and I was telling him about oh, I wake up at half five I meditate I go to the gym and I, like I've got me read all my goals and he goes just you simple question you just went why do you do all that and you couldn't I, answer it I, just, I was like completely I haven't got a clue I re- I try to think like well well I've got my goals and he's like well what's really giving you your goals what's really created this yeah. and I was thinking I really don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing and then I got stuck in the whole vastness of life and when you were saying before as well about um, not, um, people are more intelligent than we are obviously are led to believe um, it's very interesting because I actually underestimate a lot of people in terms of I've done this and this has been a, a downfall for my own opinion uh, my own self what I've realised is that underestimating the capability of, of having a conversation with certain people who you wouldn't think would be awake and be able to have these conversations and I've had examples where I've been at work and things like that and I just wouldn't engage in these I wouldn't engage in sort of conversations that we would have and you just every now and again you sprinkle like one little seed and every single time it's turned back on me and made me realise that more and more people in the world have been underestimated and more people are willing to engage in these deep topics mm-hmm. people want to know about ancient history people want to know what happens when they die that's one of the biggest one what happens when we die but mm. it seems to be that um, for me anyway that I mean do you have you underestimated anyone in your life before and sort of and then it's turned back on yourself I can't think of a specific incident but I've certainly learned over the years I mean I've been talking for groups now for you know 27 years or so yeah, um, I, yeah I've certainly learned how to approach something and you know I've seen uh, other speakers because you know I organise events and stuff who try and hit people too much with the kind of it's almost like shock tactics mm. and if you don't believe me then there must be something wrong with you yeah. that's the worst attitude you can take because they're going to shut down against you then it's just automatic yeah. you think, well, mm-hmm. well, go away. but if you just again you offer these things as possibilities that they might want to consider and like you say ask questions say well mm. why do you believe that you know what evidence made you go with that and often they never thought about it because yeah. we all just <laughs> go through life with reflex actions and we just do what we do but if you can make people think about why they believe what they believe and just leave them to run with that they will often awaken quite naturally because it doesn't take that much to show that the way the world it presents itself through the media is plainly an artifice. Yeah. Mm. What, do you, what do you think, something I would love to ask your thoughts on is, is because in the world now of conspiracies, there's a lot of people trying to just use the entertainment value of conspiracy, and it seems to me that that's taken away the essence of the conspiracy theories. Like, I don't want to mention any names, but there's certain programs out there now, like on Netflix and things like that, people are working out, <laughs> working out from this. But there's anyway, there's certain... Um, podcast where people are questioning certain topics of certain conspiracies whether it's like ufos and things like that but they just they just go they're analyzing that subject just on the top layer they're not really going within mm. but the, the only reason why they're going on the top layer for of the conspiracy for is because they want to bring the entertainment value they don't really want to bring the real knowledge i mean what's your thoughts about balancing conspiracies versus entertainment Sure. I mean, I've been on a lot of mainstream TV over the years, Richard and Judy and Esther Ranson and all of that. And yeah, they're absolutely, they've got you there for novelty value. But the way I've always approached it is to think if I can get one nugget of something useful through here, because they're going to try and treat it like a joke and be very superficial. If I can get one nugget through, that could be the one thing that wakes somebody up who's watching that telly thinks... Well, yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah, and it can be the case. Definitely. And often, even when they're basically trying to debunk you, as you know, me and everyone else in this world has ever done telly has had that, um, the thing is, 
is if you can say one thing that actually cuts through that, they often assume their audience is with them. And it's not always true. And the audience might be with you if you can reasonably put your argument and, again, have some basis for why you believe it. So, yeah, you have to accept me there for entertainment value. The thing is to, to some degrees, go along with that and have a little chuckle with them, but then say something serious and then try to go beyond that. Yeah. I mean, there are some sources for which there's probably no hope. Well, you know, you can't worry about them. But you accept from the get-go that the chances are they're trying to ridicule you or just using it, as you say, for a laugh. Yeah. But you know you've got your few seconds to say something there's your opportunity perhaps to cut through and challenge them and it, it can happen yeah i love that how do you how do you see in the future playing out like obviously we know that there's it, the human race now is becoming more technologically advanced i mean how do you think th- th- see that conversation playing out in terms of technology in regards to conspiracies do you think with the expansion of technology that that could actually improve the conspiracy conversation and give conspiracies more validation or could it go the other way Mm. Uh, well it could go the other way I mean I think we've lived in a golden age where the internet came along and it suddenly enabled conversations on a very wide level that you just couldn't have before you know unless you belong to a certain society or had friends that believe certain things you just wouldn't have access to the conversations that we now can and that's where I think the authorities know that that's happened and they're trying to push it all back down Uh, and that's why I think what's going to happen is you're going to wind up with a very mainstream internet it will basically push out anything that doesn't fit this narrow band now what you're going to wind up with ultimately are backwaters okay not as dark as the dark web but you're going to wind up with backwaters of the internet where all this stuff will carry on but the mainstream will not acknowledge it at all and in the end you're going to wind up with completely separate bubbles and that's a danger because Mm. it needs to cross over for one lot to know about the other and to know what's going on so yes the technology has helped us on one level but definitely at the moment we're in a backwards phase yeah. definitely and free speech I, I, is absolutely I, under threat at the moment um, I was just about to say that I mean like the vastness of conspiracies can really like take on such a like a revolution in some aspects can be really good and really powerful and create like an everlasting movement of like peace and love and like unity and togetherness in which like which is good which is what the power is And but there's also like um, other conspiracies that can ignite and fuel I know like Nazism that was um, brought on by the conspiracy of the Aryan race being like more superior and they're actually um, formed this like um, type of like understanding like they're more superior than anything else and they believe that this mythical race was much more stronger than anything else and they wanted and they like progressed this like notion of like hatred amongst like I mean they have another conspiracy as well what the lead was them. Um, that the Jews controlled the, um, the financial markets in the world, and that was on a grand scale. Their propaganda, like really, like like embarked a new world war. Really, so that's there's a scale of like when when should we like like look at a conspiracy and think realize like that whoa is this like really the road we need to go on? Yeah. Is there is there a, is there a point where we have to stop and we have to like just like really analyze it all? Yeah, I I want to I want to I want I think it gets back to what you were saying before about like what is the road like what is the road really like mm. what because for me i think all roads can lead to i don't think there's there's no there's no pacific road like it gets back to what i was seeing before there's not one particular road i think there's many roads like it doesn't matter how deep the conspiracy is it doesn't matter how to, in my opinion anyway people might disagree mm. but i don't think it doesn't matter how deep the conspiracy is that conspiracy can take you to a different place even though mm. the, the place that you come from 
quote unquote might have been a dark place or it might have been something that maybe you shouldn't have been looking at but that conspiracy can take you on a on a different path that's what that's, yeah, what, I, no. that's what I feel in my life I mean, in my book, Conspiracies, there's a section called How Far Should Conspiracy Theories Go? And discussing basically this very thing. Of of course, you get to the danger where you question everything, and then you start to cross into areas which are genuinely hurtful and offensive to people. Uh, And that's where the problem is, because some of the critics of conspiracy theories, they leap on those. And I mean, there's whole books out there which effectively say, like, for instance, all conspiracy theory, right, no matter what it is, is effectively anti-Semitic. There's a lot of books out there saying that. And of course, they're trying to close down any debate by saying, well, if you believe that, they'll find some reason to link it to anti-Semitism. Yeah, that is, to <laughs> me, very unfair. It's not true for the most part. But of course, there are some theories out there that really do hurt people's feelings. They do seem in denial of reality. The danger you've got there is that you don't want to say to somebody, you cannot believe that, but equally, that comes down to what I'm saying. You better have really damn good evidence yeah. to back up what you're saying if you're mm-hmm. going to say it. And too often, I think, where people, they cross into always doubting authority, and they get so used to doing that, they start to just throw out any old theory, left, right, and centre, because they don't believe anything that yeah. anybody tells them. But they're not thinking, and they're not being compassionate to the fact that there are human beings at the other end of this sometimes that are really genuine her mm. and I don't mean snowflake progressive liberal her I mean really you know it's getting under the skin in a way that you have to be compassionate to the fact that if you've got a conspiracy theory even a more mainstream one like did we really land on the moon yeah. for instance you are undermining some people's whole image about the world they live in their own self-belief there's a lot of emotional attachment to certain world achievements mm. yeah. and to believe for instance we didn't land on the moon if you suddenly show Whoa. someone evidence of that, it really shakes some people yeah. up. Or 9-11, if you say, actually, that was probably coordinated by somebody within the American intelligence system yeah. or whatever. It's, it's Well, we wouldn't do that to ourselves, though, would we? Yeah. That's very terrifying. Yeah. We need to understand it's very frightening to a lot of people mm. who have never thought that before because they don't feel safe. And if you don't have compassion, then what you're doing is you're really opening a door for someone that's going to let a lot of stuff through in a big rush for them you need to be responsible about the way you do it and I think if you are going into a real extremist areas you really need to ask yourself why am I doing this and am I absolutely sure of it and not just mouth off yeah. because there's a lot of mouthing off that goes on which can lead to ultimately the whole of conspiracy theory being brought down yeah. by association that's an amazing answer by yeah. the way when it you really said there about safety that's something that was a very interesting thing because I actually in that conversation when you were saying it there I was actually thinking why why are people not open to things and I think it could lead to that what you said there about the safety aspect like people like the people not people like to we we talk about this on the podcast a lot that people don't like the unknown people like to feel they're in control of everything and when something and when a new idea or a new piece of philosophy comes along that sort of tilts that reality a little bit mm. it's people's like fear mechanism starts coming up and thinking nah, i can't do i can't go here i can't go here but maybe that's what we need to start doing more in life you need to start what you've said in this podcast maybe you need to start chasing that fear chasing the unknown because it's in the in the unknown where you actually start finding yourself more and more and more that's what I've found in my life 100% agree all the time well there's a certain fear barrier that you have to go beyond and I think people do resist new ideas and they don't want to feel the world they're living in is unsafe or indeed is immoral and unpleasant because that makes them feel really terrible especially older people that have grown up I think being brought up more to trust authority to suddenly be shown like actually maybe we can't 
aren't. That's very unsettling for them. What I think is ironic, though, is if you read some psychological critics of conspiracy theorists, one of the things they always latch onto is, ah, well, you're trying to, you want your world to be ordered. It's all, if it's all a conspiracy, it's much more easy, it's more explainable. But actually, I find it's more the other people can react the other way. No, it's much more frightening Mm. to believe the world's like that, and and they don't want to go there. So you can approach that from two different angles. Again, it comes down to being a little bit careful with how this information is shared. And always ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve by pushing this out there? I would like to believe that we're trying to achieve a more just world, a world where you know we can't be lied to and horrible things done to us in such an obvious way as I think they have been. Mm-hmm. So we, what, what we're saying is we ultimately want a better world. Yeah. If we're doing it just to spread fear, Fear is the very tool by which we're controlled nine times out of ten. And that then is just becoming part of the problem. So if you mouth off in the pub for three hours about world conspiracy and actually all you've done is created a lot of fearful, very unhappy people, you're probably part of the problem. There has to be an approach, a way of doing it where you say, but here's why it's good to think that. I mean, personally, I'm more afraid of what's under the surface rather than not what I can see. I can deal with what I can see and I can Mm. rationalise it. But you need to get to that point. And there's a certain nurturing you need for people to get to that point where they can see the benefit of that. When there's a big lump under the carpet, it's scary. You don't know what it might be and what it might do to you. But, you know, when you lift it a little bit slowly, you can can see what you're dealing with and get the vacuum cleaner out. (laughs) Do you think there's still a lot you haven't uncovered yet, like Andy? Oh, Christ, Uh, I know nothing, basically. I mean, (laughs) maybe this is very wishy-washy, but it seems clear to me where the truth is not being told. Mm. And it seems clear to me where there is a probability of it was this or it was that. But the danger is that you can easily get into that thing of saying, well, I know. Ah, Well, I don't know. I didn't stand on the moon, so I don't know whether the pictures are real or not. It looks to me, from the evidence, like (laughs) it's pretty questionable. And here's my reasons why. 9-11, I was not standing there next to the guys with the destruct button on the Twin Towers, but it looks pretty likely to me that something like that was going on. Mm. All I can do is point to the evidence that exists. If I start mouthing off, giving the impression that I've got some higher knowledge than other people, you get shot down. Yeah. And again, then the whole reputation of what you believe is destroyed. You need to be just clear. Yeah. I know this. I want to highlight this. And I want you to all look at that. If you go beyond that into stuff that you can't actually prove, you're undermining your whole case. Mm. It, it becomes a sort of be as precise and as accurate and as compassionate with the truth that we're dealing with yeah. for other people as we can. That's, and we'll get further in yeah, the long yeah, run. With that, I think that's a beautiful thing because... I mean, if you think, like you said, the fact that I don't know much, I think that having that mentality in your mind that I don't, I just don't know, I think that opens you up to more possibilities in your life. But it's interesting because no matter what subject it is, let's take this, the the subject of, like you said, the moon landing. Like if people say, oh, I know, I know, I went to the moon. But if you really, if you really deep down, like you said, if you really analyze it and ask yourself the question, like what, are, are, do you, are, do you know, like how, do you, do you understand the full workings of, of, of how to get a spacecraft to, to, the, to the moon? And you'll find that, in many situations when you start digging deeper just beyond the top layer like you realise you don't know shit you don't know nothing yeah. so, and you can't and you, yes. you'll find that you can't argue against you can't, you, you'll find that you can't find something within it does that make sense does that, it does make sense well what you're touching on there is what I think anybody in the alternative world needs to grasp is you need to be informed 
you need if you want the authority to try to make a difference you've got to be super informed now mm. you can't know everything like I say you, can, you might not know all the specifications of how a rocket mm. works whatever okay if you're going to say something about it get informed find out yeah. learn rocket science be a rocket scientist get to what you need to know and then state your case but if you don't be prepared to say, well, that I can't speak for because I don't know about that, but I know about this, and I'm going to point this out to you, and here's mm. my reasons. The danger is we become jacks of all trades, and we think we know the answers to everything, and that's where people come unstuck. Well, certainly in the eyes more of people in the mainstream, it comes unstuck because they go, well, hang on a minute, you don't know about that, and you don't know about this, and they'll dismiss everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Being informed is so crucial. And if you are informed, and that means a lot of reading, it means a lot of talking to people and yeah. cross-referencing ideas with other people who are doing this and hearing their arguments and hearing criticism yeah. of what you believe, you'll come to a much stronger truth at the other end of it right. and you'll be more effective and powerful. Yeah, here's something, right? This would probably be a good place to end it as well, but I'll, I'll, you give one, I'll give one, you give one, right? Give a topic for someone else to actually... A conspiracy that's classed as a conspiracy that you think would be a good seed for someone else to go and look at. I'll give one, you give one, you give one. Um, I'm going to say... You've prepared yours. I, I, was, I was just thinking of it when I had a conversation there. I'm going to give... I've got a few in my head, but I'm going to give one. I'm going to give someone the uh, ancient pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids, of the real origins of how these were actually built. Ask, ask yourself that question and start looking into that. Egypt, so the Egyptian pyramids. Ask yourself who really built these. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. That's a good one. Um, right, GFK was there a one shooter? <laughs> Looking at that. <laughs> oh, I think for me, it, I, I hate to be like a stuck record, but I think it's 9/11 because be, I think yeah. you can demonstrate so categorically at the very least that the official story is a lie. Now, where the truth beyond that goes, that's something to be discussed. But you can absolutely... It doesn't take more than an hour for someone to realise they've been had. So that, to me, is where I would start people. Look at the facts of what really happened. Now look at their story of what they tell you happens and see if that makes any sense. Because it clearly doesn't. Yeah, I love that. Perfect. Peace and love. Peace. Perfect. Thanks for that. Thank you so much. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) We're doing better than that. I'll do everything. (laughs) That's cool, that, by the way. What a conversation that was. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that one. That was such a great conversation. We really did have a great time chatting with Andy. And please check out Andy's work at truetheory.org. And I just also want to say, if you feel that you gain value in these conversations and the podcast in general, please consider becoming a Patreon and supporting the podcast. Patreon really is the best way to support what we're doing here. And any amount, honestly, that you choose will be a huge help. And as you know, me and Chris are now traveling around to different parts of the country and now trying to bring you the most genuine and authentic in-person conversations. And the more people who can support us will really be a huge help. And even if we just get enough money to cover our train tickets each month, that would be incredible. So anyway, up and coming on this podcast as well, we have some incredible things coming up. We really do have some incredible guests coming up and we cannot wait to sit down with them in person and share them conversations with you we really are trying to push this to the next level so anyway we love you all and we'll catch you next week where we have another amazing episode as always peace and love